Section number 13 of Essays on Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Essays on Art by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, translated by Samuel Gray Ward, section number 13. Lovers of art after our fashion, since it is natural to consider them first, there are, when we think of it, not a few, if we leave out of the reckoning a little prejudiced for or against, more or less liveliness or deliberation, toleration or severity, and on this ground I augur favorably for your probleum, not only because I believe there are such persons, but because I know such. Though I may not, in this regard, censure your severity in the matter of art, your strictness toward artists and amateurs, yet, in consideration of the many who will read what you write, had you no other readers than those who have examined my collection, I must express one wish for the benefit of art and its friends, viz., that you should on the one side manifest the most entire liberality toward all departments of art, that you should prize the most limited artists and amateurs, so long as each follows his own path without exclusive pretensions. And, on the other hand, I cannot sufficiently commend you to the most earnest opposition to those that, out of narrow ideas and an unwholesome partiality, would substitute for the whole their darling and petted division. Let us within this aim set about a new species of collection, that is not to consist of bronzes or marbles, of ivory or silver, but wherein the artist and the critic, and especially the lover of art, may find each his place. In truth, I am able to send you only the slightest sketch. The whole result contracts itself into a narrow space. And besides, my letter is surely long enough. My introduction is ample. My conclusion you shall yourself help me to fill out. Our little academy, as is usually the case, first turned its attention upon itself, and soon we found in our own family a member for each separate group. There is a class of artists and amateurs to whom we have given the name imitators. And in fact, imitation, carried to a high pitch of perfection, constitutes their only aim, their highest pleasure. My father and my brother-in-law belonged to this class, and the connoisseurship of the one and the art of the other left nothing to wish for in this department. Imitation cannot rest till it is able to set the copy as far as may be in the place of the original. Now, to the accomplishment of this end is a great degree of accuracy and clearness are requisite, and hereupon steps in another class which we name dot-makers. To this class, the execution and not the imitation is the object kept in view. That subject pleases them best in which can be assembled together and the greatest number of points and strokes. Among these, my uncle finds his place. An artist of this sort seems to endeavor to fill up the space to infinity and to persuade us sensibly that matter is infinitely divisible. This talent seems most truly valuable when it brings before us in little the image of some beloved person and enables us to keep before our eyes one whom our heart has treasured as a jewel, with all his outward peculiarities and set among other jewels. Natural history is also much indebted to men of this class. Whilst we were upon this division, it came into my mind how I, with reference to my early tastes in art, stood in direct opposition to it. All those who means of a few strokes attempt to express too much, 
as the last named class with their infinity of points and lines often affect too little we call sketchers we do not by this term refer to masters who make sketches indeed that is a general outline of the work they have in view in order to subject it to their own and others criticism by sketchers we properly mean such as never cultivate their talent beyond this point of sketching and thus never arrive at the end of art completion as on the other hand the dot maker never becomes aware of the true beginning of art which is in the imaginative and spiritual the sketcher again has too much imagination he delights in poetical or even fantastical objects and is always a little exaggerated in execution he seldom falls into the error of weakness or insignificance this defect much more often occurs in company with a good execution as to the class in which the soft the pleasing the agreeable is the prevailing characteristic caroline has taken its part and solemnly protests she will have no nickname given to it julia on the contrary submits herself and her friends the poetic and spiritual sketchers to fate and judgment whether merciful or severe from the soft style we fall naturally upon those woodcuts and engravings of the early masters whose works in spite of their hand severe and dry style never fail to please us by a certain stern and independent character we then suggest several farther divisions which however may be resolved into the foregoings such as caricaturists who seek out only what is singularly perverse the physically and morally deformed improvisatory who with wonderful speed and cleverness sketch you any subject out of hand learned artists who are not content to leave the simplest work without its commentary and the like whereof i will say more anon for the present i conclude with the hope that if the end of my letter give you room to make merry over my presumption it may thereby atone for the beginning where i presumed to rally my valued friend upon some amiable weaknesses give me that same back i pray you if my audacity does not seem to you importunate find fault with me hold up the glass to my peculiarities and by doing so add to the gratitude if you cannot to the attachment of you are truly devoted end of section 13